We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Krzyzewski takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Show, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, J.D. Silva. Tonight, I'm joined by your normal host, Jacob Niffin. Jacob, what's up? What's up? Well, Jacob, uh, the Thunder waved Gabby Deck earlier this week, and his PR team quote tweeted uh, and said, the torture is over, uh, which is hilarious. (laughs) After the first quarter tonight, it didn't feel like the torture was over. That is very true. That first quarter was some rough, rough basketball to watch. But you know what? It, uh, sorry, getting a, a Shams tweet in the middle of the pod here. Is it a banger? Um, do what? Is it a banger tweet? Uh, the Bucks plan to wave center to Marcus Cousins. Well, see you later, De- uh, DeMarcus. Bye, bye, Boogie. Bye yeah, bye. after the first quarter, that was pretty awful. But after the first quarter, from quarters two to th- two to four, Oklahoma City uh, was the better team. I guess we should probably say that the Thunder played the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Of course, yes, uh, and lost. Was it ninety-eight to ninety? Yes, they lost ninety-eight to ninety. Uh, but yeah, thirty to ten after the first quarter. Um, yeah. But only end up losing ninety eight to ninety. They outscored. What is that? Um, eighty to seventy seventy eight. Outscored them by twelve down the stretch right. uh, over the last three quarters. And I thought the Thunder were the better team down mm-hmm. the last three quarters. They, so well. Yeah, they work very close to them in scoring uh, in two of those two of those quarters there in the middle and. Uh, the fourth quarter, they scored 27 minutes. Go to uh, scored 29. So if, if they had just been a little bit better in that first, but the, the first was so horrendous. They actually uh, had as many turnovers as points in the first quarter with 10. Um, and I think they only finished with 15 turnovers. I'm checking. Yeah. Sure that first yeah. quarter, just everything missing layups, missing good looks, some bad turnovers, just everything looked out of sorts. It definitely looked like a team that just got all their guys back. Um, who hadn't played in a while, mm-hmm. and we're working out the kinks a little bit. It looked like a really sleepy team, and mm-hmm. you know, if, 
a team that has been in COVID protocols off and on. That's you're going to look like that whenever you come back and you have to fly to Minnesota for a 7 p.m. game, like in the middle of the season. You're, you're going to have nights like that. And I think with the way they turned it around after how bad that first quarter was, um, honestly, I thought I had cursed this podcast and we were <laughs> going to have another horrific blowout like we had before. Um, but I think it says a lot that they were able to turn it around despite all of their issues uh, at the beginning. Uh, I definitely agree. And they get another crack at Minnesota Friday night back mm-hmm. this time in Oklahoma city. Maybe they win that one. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, but I, when all is said and done, they made the game competitive, which was fun. Um, it ended up being a loss, which is not the worst thing in the world helps out the tank standings. Um, so, so a solid night overall, I think. Yeah, Minnesota is just a really solid defensive team now. Like there are a lot of long athletic dudes. Even 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 if you have a guy like D'Angelo Russell on the court, um, they have like Jared Vanderbilt and uh KJ Jaden McDaniels, um, mm-hmm. that are just really good. And of course, Anthony Edwards is always super physical. So um yeah, if you walk into Minnesota now and you're a sleepy team like like OKC was, they will kind of kick your ass. Yeah, and good for them. You know, they yeah. they need they are have much more talent on that team than the Thunder. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, um, D'Angelo Russell. Like they have more talent than the Thunder do. Now, maybe Lou Dort is back Friday. I hope so, because I kind of want to watch Lou Dort and Anthony Edwards defend each other because mm-hmm. that's like two bowling balls just continually colliding <laughs> yeah. over and over and over again, which would be fun. But uh I, I, I hope to see Giddy play. Um, Ernest are not giddy Lou Dort, but overall, I think, uh, yeah, Min- I mean, Minnesota is not a laughing stock anymore. I, I no. think they will make the play in, I think so too. And I predicted on our Sunday show they will beat the Lakers in the play in. Uh, hey, <laughs> I'm all the way in on that. Uh, let, let's talk some pauses from the game though. I want to start with Josh Giddy actually, uh, finished with 14 points, uh, 15 rebounds, and six assists tonight. What did you see out of Josh tonight? Do you like, did you like the game you had overall? Yeah, 6 of 11 from the field is awesome. 2 of 4 from 3 is awesome. Um, the 6 turnovers are ugly. Uh, a, a handful of those came in the first quarter. He was mm-hmm. part of those 10 turnovers. He just looks much more confident shooting the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. he shot a step back 3 over Carl Anthony Towns in the 4th quarter, I think, yeah. and just splashed it home and was very confident with it. You love to see that. And again, this guy, whatever you need him to do to help win a basketball game, he'll do it. The other night was like really him passing and setting guys up constantly. Tonight it was rebounding the basketball. Ends the game with 15 rebounds. Uh, that is more than anybody in the game. No, Cat had 16. So Josh Giddy, the point guard, had the same amount as uh, the all-star center on the opposing team. Um, he had a handful of offensive rebounds that ended up in like putbacks and buckets. Mm-hmm. He just does everything, man. And and it's it. Just very impressive. I thought he was on his way to another triple-double tonight. I just didn't have the ball in his hands as often as he did the other night to get the assists. But set guys up constantly. There was a handful of passes that he made that should have been assists that guys either fumbled or dropped or missed shots or smoked layups or whatever. But just an impressive night from Giddy. Again, I feel like what we are seeing right now is much better than what we were seeing back in October that's exactly what you want. You want to see that progression. You want to see that growth. That is very encouraging. At some point, he'll hit, you know, the proverbial rookie wall. 
But man, the sky is the limit for this kid. If the shot is already looking better for him, I'm excited to see what an offseason or two will do for him. Yeah, I really I trust OKC's development program with a guy like him. Like you, you can already see him figuring things out more and more as the season goes on. Like you can you watch him and depending on the guys that are out there with him, which are unfortunately usually not a lot of shooters are out there with him, you can see him adjusting to the game. And uh, he and Kenrich were actually uh, contributed most of our offensive rebounds tonight. Kenrich had five and Josh had four offensive rebounds. Yeah, which is it's a, impressive. That's a big way we were able to get back into the game um, were offensive rebounds, putbacks, and fast break points. And uh, Josh loves hitting those those hit-ahead passes on fast breaks. Definitely. Saw a lot of those tonight. Um, let's talk about Shea uh, just a little bit. Yeah. Rough, rough shooting night. You know, 5 of 15, uh, finished with 19 points. He was a minus 18 on the night. He had four turnovers himself, which... Uh, several of those, just like Giddy, were in the first. He also had five assists and just two rebounds. Uh, what did you see from Shea? Yeah, a bit of an inefficient night from Shea, only five of 15 from the field. But here's the thing. That first half, I think he was a little gassed. That's what mm. it looked like to me. After not playing for like a week, mm. he looked a little gassed. He had, I think, three three-pointers that rattled halfway in and then bounced back out. Like literally the ball was halfway down the hoop before it came back out and just would not stay in the basket. Um, I mean, I, he only had a couple of bad like layup attempts that missed pretty bad, got to the free throw line, uh, seven of seven from the free throw line. You love to see that. And, you know, let's say of those threes that rattled out, two of them stay down, right? That would mean that he would have been four of six from three, seven of 15 from the field mm-hmm. um, for 25 points. Much and that, that changes the complete narrative, right? And that's yeah. because just a couple of threes got halfway down and rimmed out. So if you switch just those two shots, I think it completely changes the the narrative of his game tonight. Uh, I thought his passing was really well. I, I, I thought he had some really nice passes. If you go back, it's kind of hard. Even I struggle a little bit in the the flow of the game to to notice this. But if you really focus on it, whenever Shea has the ball, all other five defenders are looking at him. And whenever he drives to the basket, that paint fills up really quick as they're trying to prevent him from getting to the hoop. Mm-hmm. He's doing a good job of beating the initial man, forcing the help, and then kicking out. Uh, some of his teammates just didn't hit shots tonight. Mike Muscala had a pretty inefficient night. Uh, Aaron Wiggins had an inefficient night. Uh, pretty much everybody had a had a pretty inefficient night. Trey of man, Trey, Trey of man, Trey man, mm-hmm. one of five, uh, pretty inefficient. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Darius Baisley, not very good. No. So he, I, I feel like he did more, like he did really good things, but those things didn't result in tangible results at the end of of the play and at the end of the game. Yeah, not not quite showing up on the box score. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he did tonight. Um, something that showed up very quickly when we were watching this game was uh, Alexei Pokushevsky in his play. Um, he was, uh, he actually got the start tonight. Uh, as we know, Darius Baisley's on the bench. So Poku tonight got, got to start in the four spot next to JRE. Um, he was, was sitting on the bench by, I think the seven minute mark because he threw two just insane passes, like into the second row of the crowd. Uh, you could, you could like hear fans in the stadium, like, going, ooh, whenever he threw that, which is never good. <laughs> Heard somebody get smacked upside the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also had, like, a, some mutton chops going. Uh, that could have been part of what we saw. <laughs> in the first quarter there. <laughs> Shave that, buddy. Shave it. 
Yeah, he two of six tonight. Oh, of two from three. Um, two rebounds, a steal, a block, two turnovers. Um, not great. He missed a, a layup where he got kneed right in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really blame him for missing that shot, but got his own rebound, dunked it, and then hobbled back up the court holding his nuts. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, not much to say about Poku. Not a good night. No, not a good night. Um, I, I do want to talk about it. Uh, so Kenrith Williams is always like, oh, you, you God, know, you, gotta, you know what you're getting from him. Let's we, we got to dive a little bit into Kenrith here. Yeah. Uh, so Kenrith finished with, uh, with 10 points, five of 10 from the field, nine rebounds, uh, four of which or five of which were offensive rebounds and, uh, two assists along with four steals and only one um, turnover, only one turnover dudes just ramping up his trade value right now. <laughs> so I thought it was very interesting that with about four and a half minutes to go, um, Chris Wilkes, Chris Wilkes, Mike Wilkes, Mike's Wilkes, Mike Wilkes. I can't remember Wilkes' first name. I know that's not good. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Anyways... Uh, coach subbed out Kenrich Williams to sub in Darius Baisley. Now, there were multiple possessions where Kenrich was guarding Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe they were subbing for defensive purposes to get somebody longer on Cat. But I thought that was fascinating because of the night that Kenrich was having that they would pull him out and close the game with Darius Baisley, who is not a starter. Uh, I don't think Darius has closed any games since he came, uh, since he started coming off the bench, Mike Wilkes. There we go. Um, since he came off the bench, I I don't think he's closed any games. He closed tonight, and it was a very interesting decision. I thought, considering the massive impact that I thought Kenrich had on this game, um, and hey, I mean, it was a good tank move because they lost, and and Bays was not good, so. Uh, helped out. He uh, completely wiped out Patrick Beverly on a pump fake and, and gave him three free throws. 
Um, he missed a, a, a layup or a shot. He airballed the three, although that one's not really his fault because he was kind of given a, a live grenade with like three seconds left on the shot clock. But yeah. Kenrich is just so freaking good, Silva. Like so the good. dude, is he's just a hooper. He does a little bit of everything. You need him to go lock somebody up, he'll go lock somebody up. You need him to pound the glass, he'll pound the glass. You need him to shoot spot up threes, he'll shoot spot up threes. You need him to orchestrate your offense and handle the ball and run some pick and roll, he'll do it. You need him to drive hard to the paint and be physical at the rim, he'll be physical at the rim. Like It doesn't matter. You need him to to mop the floor after the game, he'll go grab the mop in the bucket and get to it. I mean, Mm -hmm. this guy just does everything. Yeah, and all all those things you described point to one of the levers, I think, that OKC can pull in a much more... uh, tasteful way i should say to keep the tank rolling uh, yes. which is at the end of the game you take out guys like mike muscali you take out guys like kenridge williams who will generally make winning plays because they're veterans and you can just say well we wanted to give bays that opportunity and we know as fans if you give by giving bays that opportunity he's probably just going to shoot himself in the foot i wrote in my notes here that bays jumped higher than he ever has on that pat bev uh pumping 100 could have jumped over him probably um, so that's probably a way OKC is going to stay near the bottom of the standings. Like if it, they stay, they stay in games more yes. often than not. Like they're not getting it, blown out if, if they had everybody. So hey, they if they don't, like, if they don't completely shit the bed in the first quarter, they win this game, right? It, yeah, and and they completely shit the bed in the first quarter. Like anything yes. better than that, they'd be fine. So back back to Kenrich for a second. Yeah, I've been thinking about this, Silva. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I think Kenrich is going to get traded at the deadline mm-hmm. uh, or before. But and, and people ask this a lot. And I know we have some like hardcore NBA fans follow it every night uh, who listen to our show, and we love you guys and thank you so much. This isn't to patronize anybody, um, but maybe for some of the the more casual NBA fans that listen to us, um, one of my big questions um confusions when i first started really getting in the nba was why does nobody make trades ever until the day of the trade deadline then they start firing off trades and here's the thing is deadlines make people work um that's when the rubber meets the road that's when your your shitter get off the pot time um so we talked about this, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, Silva. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about it on the show or if you and I were talking off pod. But we were talking about uh, Cam Reddish from the Atlanta Hawks and how the Hawks have reportedly wanted a first-round pick. And a lot of Thunder fans have said, well, just go give him a first and go get him. And my response whenever you and I were talking about this was, well, let's say the Thunder offer a first-round pick. The Hawks could say, cool, thanks for the offer. Uh, we'll keep that in mind. And then you just wait until somebody comes with a little bit of a better pick, right? Yeah. And at the deadline, people know I got to do it now or I can't ever do it. And that's when stuff starts to ramp up. Mm-hmm. So for somebody that was, um, that's like Kenrich Williams, I really think that's like a, a trade deadline day type of move um, because I think his value goes up whenever people are pushed up against the wall and they have to, hey, if I really want this, I got to push my chips in and i think there could legitimately be don't misconstrue this don't take this the wrong way i think there could be a bidding war for kenrich williams now when i say bidding war i don't mean people are throwing crazy offers 
But I think teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, mm-hmm. like the Brooklyn Nets, like the Phoenix Suns, like the Miami Heat, like the Milwaukee Bucks. I think these teams that have thoughts, the Chicago Bulls, these teams that have a belief that they can go out and win a championship this year or that they can push for the second round of the playoffs, I think those teams are going to be very interested in Kenrich Williams. And if you hold out to the deadline and you play the game where you say, hey, we're taking best offer uh, at 2 p.m. on trade deadline day, and then we're going to make the trade in the last hour, and you force people to kind of bid against each other, you're not going to get a massive haul for him, but maybe doing that gets you an extra second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Right, something like that. Yeah, call it a bidding, a little bidding skirmish. Yes, since it's for since for Kenrich, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not. You see, superstars get traded not at the trade deadline because Mm -hmm. their value doesn't change. It's like the most you just you offer the most. Yes, no. But for Kenrich and guys like that, um, their value goes up the closer to the deadline you get because then it gets to a point where if I want them, I got to go get them now. Mm -hmm. Right, and so. I mean, I could see the Thunder pulling off something and, and trading Kenrich Williams to get a really solid um, player, a solid pick. I, I keep going back to Nick Claxton mm-hmm. of the Brooklyn Nets. I think that's a uh, a legitimate target. Um, but like a, a, a good, promising young player, like not like a superstar, but like a solid role-playing young guy uh, that a veteran-laden team that wants to win a title uh, is okay getting off of in order to increase their percentage chances by a couple of ticks to win a title this year. I totally agree. And l- kind of like you were saying, any any calls that Presti is getting right now, if someone calls and says, hey, I'll give you a, a late first for Kenrich, Presti has no reason to accept that now because that is just... Exactly. All that is is ammo for his belt. So if someone calls him a week from now and says, hey, I'll give you a first, you can say, well, this other team already offered me a first. So... And theirs are going to be better than yours. So what else do you have to offer? Exactly. And that's going to keep happening and happening and happening until the, the deadline, which is a little over a month from now. A little right? over a month. Yeah, right around a month. Um, yeah. Now, the exception to that rule is if somebody calls and offers you something that is a little over the top. Mm-hmm. Really and nice. then you pull the trigger before they can say, before they can change their mind, right? Mm-hmm. I think that players, like front, all front offices, like are constantly like, taking calls and making calls because it's not like you say Kenrich Williams, it, it, you, you can't compare it to thing, other things in life, like, like physical goods. Hey, Silva, this comic book that I have is worth a hundred dollars. And this holographic Charizard card I have is worth $50,000. The value of something in a market is what people are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's the value, right? And so teams are constantly making calls and receiving calls to evaluate what is the market value of my asset. And so the Thunder probably have a pretty good idea of what the market value of trading Ken Rich Williams is. That sounds bad. It sounds like I'm comparing a person to like a product, and I don't yeah. mean to do that. Mm-hmm. But you're constantly trying to weigh what is the what is the value of my asset. Mm-hmm. And so they're taking calls, they're making calls. Hey, would you trade this for Ken Rich Williams? Do you think this is worth Ken Rich Williams? Someone else is calling. Could we give you this for Kenrich Williams? And you start to figure out the level of where people value that player. So he's valued like right here. 
Mm-hmm. And then if somebody comes in, they offer you something above that. That's when you pull the trigger. I, do you think that? So uh, I've heard on several national podcasts that teams that are going to teams that are looking uh, at Jeremy Grant trades, like teams that really want Jeremy Grant. Kendrick Williams is like a excellent consolation prize for that. Do you think Kendrick's value will at all be affected by what a team gets, what, what Detroit would get for Jeremy Grant? Because teams are going to be, some teams, I think like Brooklyn and the name, the teams you named Brooklyn, Chicago, et cetera, et cetera, do need a guy like that. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much that changes things. I don't think on deadline day, whenever Jeremy Grant gets traded for whatever he gets traded for the teams that are talking to Oklahoma city, uh, immediately say, oh, well, this is what Jeremy Grant traded got traded for. So now our trade package changes based on it. I don't think that will happen. Mm-hmm. I think what could happen is Jeremy Grant gets traded at noon, and then you hear a lot of buzz about a Kenrich Williams trade. Yep. Because the teams that missed out on Jeremy, it actually might drive Kenrich's value up because the teams that missed out on Jeremy start to say, oh, shit, this is our last chance. It's time. We got to, we got to, add a few more chips into the pot to get this guy. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So you get more uh, desperate naturally. Yes. I think Kenrich Williams is, uh, I think he'll get traded and I think the thunder will get something pretty nice for him, especially considering what they got him for, which was basically nothing. Yeah. I, and I can't really be, I can't begin to name off what, what Presti is thinking in regards to what he wants for like what he thinks would be an acceptable trade for Kenrich. I hope it's players though. And not just players maybe that will a player play and for a us. Yeah. I mean, play, may, I, I've players. been saying Nick Claxton, maybe you can get Nick Claxton and a second rounder. Yeah. You know, something like that. Sure. So, yeah. Um, Kenrich was a console, like was a part a of throw-in. a bigger trade. Yeah. Throw-in. Yeah. He was a throw in on the Steven Adams trade. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. And, and I I know this is a post game pod and we're now getting into trade deadline stuff. That's I just Minnesota on a Wednesday night. I, yes, I I continue to believe that the Thunder are after what they pulled yesterday with trading for some dude from Utah just so they can wave him mm-hmm. uh, and get a second round pick out of it, and then waving deck to have that open roster spot. I think the Thunder. I think that open roster spot is very telling. Um, if they don't fill that open roster spot with Aaron Wiggins, like within a week, I think that their plan is to ride into the trade deadline with an open roster spot because they want to be a facilitator in a three team deal where they take on the contract that has to be traded for matching purposes that team a doesn't want. And team B has to trade it in order for matching purposes. And the Thunder say, Throw it on our books. Mm-hmm. Add the pick. We'll see you later. Yeah, and the the more I hear about, like for example, a Ben Simmons trade, the more I hear that oh, a third, a th- it's much more likely to happen if a third team gets involved. Mm-hmm. Call Sam Presti. Yep, there's so much space on this on this cap, and the Thunder are going to have to turn over players anyways. I tweeted about this I think last night, but in 2023 and 2024 the Thunder have a total of 13 draft picks. You're not rostering 13 rookies in the span of two seasons. There's going to be massive turnover on this roster as well. So I digress. Let's get back to the game. For sure. <laughs> uh, so the Thunder ultimately, I, I forget where we left off. I, we, we were kind of we're talking about Kenrich, talking about Kenrich and how Bays came in and played uh, over him and uh, repeatedly shot himself in the foot. 
Yeah, three um, Bays, 24 minutes, three of 12 from the field, 10 points, 0-4 from three, um, seven rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, two turnovers. I, I will hand it to Bays. And uh, who was it? Micah D. Young uh, on the live stream here says Bays is looking good on defense. I, I thought Baisley did play well on defense tonight mm-hmm. in spots. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought he fought really well against Carl Anthony Towns. That Towns got the better of him a few times, but that's what all stars do. Yep. But offensively, I felt like we got too much of the ISO bays again, and it was the bad. Uh, I I do think it's we should point out Cat. We were able to, or the Thunder were able to hold Cat to six of fourteen from the field. Now Cat Cat did miss time with COVID, uh, but then he lost fifteen pounds. Did he really? That's what he said. That that's what the broadcast needs, said. That, that dude needs a break from. All oh bad God. He's his life the past two years has been hell. I feel Damn. bad for that man. Yeah. Good uh, for him Rick. tonight, though. 17 points, 16 rebounds, mm-hmm. three big, assists, big a steal, block two blocks, six turnovers. That's bad. Tough. But I, I sincerely hope the uh, Timberwolves make the play in at least. I think they deserve that at this point. Yeah. And they've, compared to where they've been, uh, they've been good this season. Mm-hmm. In comparison to their previous seasons, they're up to ninth in the West right now at 18 and 20. Uh, they have a two and a half game on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they are now only a game behind the LA Clippers. They actually beat the Clippers the other night. So hopefully they can continue to uh, to climb up and, and jump the Clippers. I would like that for the Timberwolves, and I'd like it even more for that Clippers pick. Agreed. Uh, let's let's go through the comments here and make sure there's not any questions that we missed. Uh our good friend Kamiar uh, says Patrick Beverly is an actual gremlin. True or false? Uh, false. He's a goblin. <laughs> uh, what? Beverly... boys, though. I kind of don't like that at I all. Don't... That made me deeply uncomfortable when I I watched them. I was like, oh, oh, uh, Patrick's got to be talking shit to Shea right now. And then I looked closer, and they were just da- they were just dapping up. Yep, not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan of uh, five threes from Pat Bev tonight. But uh... God, he. <laughs> There, that last one, he shot it, and as soon as it left his hands, he just turned around and started skipping down it. the court. Steph Curry style. I was like, "Holy shit, he's feeling it." <laughs> uh, That's what I do whenever I'm at like the gym playing pickup, and I miss yeah. really bad. Yep. Um. For before we uh, get out of here, uh, for the tanking standings, the Rockets got a got a win tonight, which is hey, big win, a rarity on a Kevin Porter Jr. game winner. Hey, he dr- he drove off at halftime the other night. Yeah, he walked off with a three tonight, <laughs> and he gave his coach a big old hug at the end. How about that? Redemption. Yes, Oklahoma City up to fifth in the reverse standings now. Not good. Not good. Uh, as they are half game up on the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, and three games up on the Houston Rockets. Uh, really, just needs Zion to come back so they can get like a handful of wins. You know. Yes, and we need Indiana and Portland to play a little bit better. Yeah. Well. I think that's it for tonight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.